0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? a Nation, how we doing? Arthur Moats, Wesley Euler. Next 90 minutes on Stills Nation Radio, we shall be taking you to the Steeler's Blitz. where we're going to talk about plenty, plenty, plenty. I mean, first off, ESPN just dropped a new mock draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-oh. Definitely got to react to that and the very unique approach to these early rounds as Uh-oh. well. We've had a lot of QB visits for the uh, pre-draft element. In fact, we have one top five QB prospect in town today. Ooh. We're definitely going to react to that. Then after that, we also got my locker mate, former Pittsburgh Steeler, West Virginia Mountaineer, Terrence Garvin, joining us at that 1230, TG. 1230-ish time frame. And for all of the people that know how we rock on this show, y'all know we are big white men can't jump movie fans and the 30th year anniversary for Ooh. White Man Can't Jump was just yesterday. So, you old. know, we're going to talk about our top five basketball movies of all time, baby. But it's always an interactive show. So, the best way to get involved is to hit us up on the twitter.com. And that is at the body 52 The body. And at Wesley Eula. The good hair. And speaking of my good hair colleague, how are we doing today?
1: Marvelous, darling. Just bloody marvelous. Um,. Quick moment of
0: transparency. Uh, you had some big news that happened today, right? Had a fun event earlier, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about my big news of I finally did what I've been talking about for weeks and decided to use the Snickers flavored coffee creamer Uh-oh. that we had in the kitchen here. Uh-oh. That's
0: that's not what you meant. No, to- no, because you know I, I'm I'm re- uh, rebellion or not rebellion. I'm, I'm revolting against the non sugar sugar. You know, when I was gone for my 30 day hiatus, my total wellness sugar here at the iHeart Radio studio, the super healthy. I, I forgot that it's like true, true live yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was cool in that context. But now that I'm back home and I have my uh, vices back available to me, unfortunately, I just can't get with that sugar right now. So as much as I love the way that it smells in terms of the snicker, you know, not, not the sugar, the snicker, I just can't go. I just can't indulge in that, man. But you did have some other like family news that was pretty dope, man. You want to share with the people and everything? Yeah, big
1: family news. I finally decided, my wife and I decided that Uh-oh. I should use the Snickers Creamer. Oh,
0: here he is. Here he is. Right, hold on, hold on.
1: Because <laughs> I do want to try this on air here. But yes. Take a sip. Hold on. After, after I, after I wanna do it beforehand? I don't want to leave the people hanging. You sure? Leave them hanging, man. This is okay. what we do in radio. Right, we right. leave the people okay, hanging. You got nothing but time here. You know? Okay. First sip here Dunkin' Donuts Coffee. Dun
0: dun dun with
1: Snickers Creamer. All right, Here, here
0: we go. We go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It ooh, was it's a nice still
1: piping hot. Ooh, ooh, okay, ooh, okay. Because I made it right before, literally right before we went on. But I tell you what, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. It, it okay, okay. It, it tastes like what I think it would taste like if you dipped a Snickers bar in coffee. Is it, is it
0: a dark roast, or a medium roast, light roast?
1: It's a. Uh, it's just the regular Dunkin' roast. Okay, okay, okay. It tastes like a coffee with a hint of Snickers bar.
0: Now are you typically a Dunkin' guy. or are You more of a Starbucks guy. I'm more of a Tim Hortons
1: guy for being honest. Shout
0: out to my my Western New
1: York folk, yeah. man. Let me find that You
0: know something about Tim Hortons, man. Um,
1: Dunkin' coffee, Starbucks fancy drinks. Does that uh-huh. make sense? Yeah, oh, I'm 100% like If with I'm you. in the mood for a latte, 100 If I'm in the mood for a latte, I'm going to Starbucks. Yes. If I just want a straight up coffee, I'm going to Dunkin'. Okay. At my house, I got Tim
0: Hortons. No, no, no I respect that. I respect <laughs> that. I do share similar sentiment. Starbucks for my fancy, I'm bougie, I'm out with wifey or I'm traveling drink. Yes. But if it's just coffee, if it's the morning and I'm I not going to lie, coffee, man, I'm a Tim Hortons, dude. That's how I got introduced best. to coffee the in Buffalo, same man. Here. Tim Hortons, man. That, that was my start to the coffee world before I even drove in a Starbucks or even wanted to entertain. I thought Starbucks was just for a certain demographic and I wasn't in that demographic. But now I've realized, you know what? I'm a part of the Starbucks community. Yes, I am. Yes, I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when I when I was working for the hockey team. That's all. You know, we had a bunch of the guys on the team are Canadian. Uh You know, a lot of them are from from upstate New York, and it's all. It's all, hey man, Tim Tim Hortons, Tim, man. Timmy Hoes, man. Where's the Timmy Hoes?
0: Tim Hortons it is, man. Tim Hortons it is. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, but big family day for us today. Uh, my sister signed her letter of intent Let's to, go. to run cross country at WVU.
0: Let's go. I
1: mean, my sister, the D1 athlete. How about Let's that? Let's
0: go, Her man. college
1: experience going to be vastly different from mine, uh, shall we say, <laughs> Arthur Motes. Uh But big congratulations to my to my sister, Grace. Uh, proud big brother moment. She's yeah. a senior in high school. She signed her letter of intent. She'll be running cross country and named Country Roads for the Uh-oh. next four years.
0: Take me home. Country Roads. To the place. But I don't like to run. West Virginia. Ain't no 5Ks. <laughs> Take me home. Oh, Country Roads. Oh, you love to see it, man. No, man. But that's dope as heck, man. Um, You know, first off, just the fact that your sister is. Going to be competing at the D1 level, man. Yeah. That's always an awesome yeah. experience, man. And the fact that she's keeping the Euler-West Virginia connection alive, going, man. That is beautiful oh, yeah. to see, man. Beautiful. It, it, it
1: certainly is. And, hey, it, like I need an excuse to get down there more
0: often, but I'll take one. Hey, man, I, I don't know what the uh, the pregame is like for cross-country events, but if you need somebody to tailgate <laughs> with you, you know, just, just know you're not alone. Okay? Check back Check back in the fall. <laughs> I'll let you know what the tailgate seems like. If you need somebody to be out there getting, them, you know, getting in early, you know, I got you, baby. I got you. <laughs> And they start early for those cross country. Oh, yeah, nuts.
1: <laughs> you got to wake up like Punxsutawney Phil early Oh, out my there.
0: gosh, man. But, no, man, that is beautiful, man. And, and like I said, man, big time congrats to Lil Sis, man, on that move right there. But um, today, man, I want to start the show off, man. Uh, ESPN.com, they had just released a updated mock draft. Um, This happened uh, two days ago, actually, April 11th, and it was uh, by Jordan Reed, one of the ESPN uh, writers and things like that. But he did a seven-round mock draft for all the teams in the NFL. But I wanted to just focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers because this has been a little bit of a different approach in terms of the players that he selected for the Pittsburgh Steelers versus what we've seen typically with a lot of these mock drafts. So to start it out, man, in the first round, pick 20th overall. He goes with the offensive lineman here interior offensive lineman a guard by the name of Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Um, you cut his tape on, he is a true left guard, I mean, dominant player, moves people, but he also has shown that he has some positional flexibility, could potentially bump in and play some center as well, and that is one of the things that uh, that Jordan talks about in this article in the sense that he could very easily compete for Mason or compete with Mason Cole at that uh, for that starting center spot. And like I said, it was different because a lot of these Macs that I've seen thus far Have all had us taking quarterback, or having us taking right tackle, D line, D line, like that's that's pretty much been it, and we really haven't seen right, but really haven't seen a lot of interior offensive linemen. So, like I said, it caught me a little bit by surprise. Um, But when I looked and I was like, well, all right, you know, the question is, where did Malik Willis go and where did Kenny Pickett go? Sure, Sure. I said, oh, this is this is why we weren't mock the quarterback. You ready for this? Oh. Malik Willis, he had going number 2 overall to the Detroit Lions. Okay,
1: yes. Uh, Steelers not going to be able to get up there. Not happening. uh, That's not happening. Not not happening.
0: And then your boy, Kenny Pickett, they had him going at 6 overall to the Carolina Panthers. I said, yeah, I don't see us moving into the top 10. That, I think,
1: is a really good chance that that happens. No,
0: I I do do agree with that as well.
1: I don't see the Steelers getting up there either.
0: Yeah. For either one of those guys, because we've talked about both of those guys, we think they're both good. We think they both bring certain things to the table that are exciting about them, but as a whole— yeah, we're not trying to give up that type Let me of ask you uh, this too, capital though. to move up. A
1: complete mm-hmm. rabbit hole. But say there was a Joe Burrow type, Trevor Lawrence type, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck type prospect, right? In this year's draft. Do you still think the Steelers would be, would, would, be willing or able to move up to two or six from where they're at right the, now? The guys
0: you just named don't go at two or six. The guys you just <laughs> named go a, at one. That's a great point. So, well. no, they would not be able to. That, that's I mean, every guy you just named right there went what? One? Mm-hmm. One? They all went one. <laughs> so, that's, that's the only issue with that. I just don't think that when you're talking about those type of talents, those caliber players, you're not just drafting those guys. You, you don't get those opportunities unless you were the legit worst franchise that previous season because it just costs way too much to move up. And those teams that you're trying to move up with, nine times out of ten, are in dire they're need in that of a quarterback. Yeah, they're in that same situation yeah. as you. Yeah, so I think that's the only reason why I don't think it would necessarily help or even apply in this context Just because, like I said, when those once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation type talents come out, guys aren't moving. In fact, you see the alternative. You see them move on from quarterbacks that have already been in the NFL even establishing in a sense. I mean, you think about Peyton Manning, right? They moved on from him with Andrew Luck. Because they knew that because they had the next guy in the wings. He's the can't-miss prospect. Yeah. So that's kind of like the, the 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 feeling that I get when it comes to those guys. But, you know, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we don't think that one of those guys are here right now in this class. Could, you know, morph into it. But as it stands right now, just not really, you know, in the wings right now that we see, agreed. But uh, Zion Johnson, man, guard at twenty. How'd you feel about that, man? So,
1: uh, you and I spent a lot of time at, uh, in the immediate aftermath of the combine. We spent a lot of time talking O line prospects mm-hmm. because the Steelers hadn't signed uh James Daniels yet. Yep. Real quick side note for you. Okay. WVU just got a quarterback transfer from Georgia mm-hmm. named JT Daniels. And for anybody who's listened to this show for longer than a fart.
0: Oh, here he goes. You
1: know my penchant for mixing up here first. He goes. Marcus Peters and Jason Peters. Here you go. Travis Kelsey what, what, and Jason Kelsey. Why are you Kelsey? lowering
0: your standard? Huh? The standard's the standard. So I'm you just. Don't seek comfort. I'm, I'm, I'm you're seeking I'm, comfort. I'm,
1: pu- I'm putting out a disclaimer that right now I'm seeking going to call comfort, James Daniels, JT Daniels, no, and vice versa no, at not. least five times no, this football not. season. No, you're not. Why are you
0: speaking it into existence? No, you're not. You're no, the Wesley Ula, man. Stop know it. thyself. Stop it, man. Before the Steelers signed James Daniels, before
1: the Steelers signed Mason Cole, right? Spent some money, mm-hmm. brought in some reinforcements on that offensive line. We spent, I think, the majority of our attention around the combine talking O-line because yes. at that time, that felt realistically, idealistically, practically, however you want to I mean, that was the biggest it, need. And we that, knew, that was yes. Yeah,
0: and we knew just based on the performance of the O-line last year that there were going to be major overhauls. And at that time, going into the combine, we just didn't see or even have a a hint that they would be going this O-line route because we said they could go two ways, build up the O-line or get the star quarterback and build right. up the O-line through right. the draft.
1: So Zion Johnson was a guy that you and I, we, we spent a show discussing all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, he's one that, that really, for me, um, stands out. Mm. There's... There's not a Quentin Nelson type prospect on the interior of the offensive line in this class, but there's a lot of guys that I think ha- certainly have the ability to have very successful, you know, All Pro type careers potentially and have long, you know, decade, dozen years in the NFL, and and he's one of them. You're right, he is a true left guard, and and how does that play into the equation in the sense of you feel like you've got a lot of versatile pieces in that group right now. But but what does that mean for Daniels? What does that mean for Mason Cole? What does that mean for Kendrick Green? What does that mean for Kevin Dotson? But we also have agreed, Mozi, that we still want, I think, more competition in that room as well, too. I definitely agree with that. One one, I think that's exactly what we've said. Honestly, is one more body to throw in that mix in training camp and then all of a sudden Kenja Green's competing and Daniels is competing and Mason Cole's competing and Dotson doesn't feel comfortable. All of a sudden he's singing for his supper in year number three when he thought he'd be established in a regular starter by now. I think you can really like the projections in there. And if you you know you you come to camp with those, what, five guys for three spots, all of a sudden You know, you you hope that that works out for the best for you and and your offensive line, the interior of that offensive line, especially is much improved from where it was last year. I still don't know if maybe 20 is a little too rich for my blood because I like Zion Johnson, but I think... Later twenties is probably more appropriate, but there's just again there's not those guys in this right. class, so I think he will go. Not I don't I don't see any scenario where he goes top ten or anything like that, but I think he will probably go a little bit higher than usual just because it's it's not a great year for interior offensive linemen. But if if that's the pick by the Steelers at twenty, um, I wouldn't be sexy, blown away, right? Like if it's Jamison Williamson or if it's Chris Olave. Uh, but I, I think that that would be a solid pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, certainly, and I could see him, you know, being a mainstay on that offensive line for the next 12 years.
0: I like your thought process. Now, before we go to the second and third round, just wanted to let you know some of the guys that were on the board mm. after. Good call. After Zion got drafted. Good call. Devin Lloyd. Okay. He went at 21 to Ooh. New England right afterwards. Oh, Chris Olave went at twenty two overall to the Packers. It's two selections after us. You had Devontae Wyatt, the interior D lineman from Georgia. Tyler Lindenbaum also went off afterwards. And Traylon Burks okay. was available. Okay. Kenyon Green, the interior yep. like uh the guard well, out of Texas A and M was available. Yep. Travis Jones, the interior D lineman from UConn was available. All right. And then Jahan Dotson is the wide receiver from Penn State that people are starting to, you know, definitely take he's, more of a liking to as boards. well. Yeah. And N'Kobe Dean was the last guy off the board in that first round. So based on those names, if Zion Johnson is the player that we took and those guys were available, do you still share that same sentiment of, you know what, I don't love it, but at the same time, I think it works. I think it's a good pick.
1: Devin Lloyd would be tough to pass up on there. I'm not going to lie, bro. That's tough. Real tough. <laughs> now, I will say this. Just on the surface of okay, Wes, what would you rather rather add right now, another interior offensive lineman or another off-ball linebacker? I would lean offensive lineman, I think, because Miles Jack, Devin Bush. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like bo- like those guys are you know Bobby Wagner and Luke keekley mm-hmm. but I think we're all confident what Miles Jack can bring to this defense. Devin Bush, y- you're paying him a nice chunk of money and. He's at least going to be in that mix. You just re-signed Robert Spillane to a, a one-year tender. He signed, I should say, as mm-hmm. one-year tender. Buddy Johnson's in that group still, a draft pick from last year. Just all of a sudden, there's a lot of dogs and only one or two bones for that linebacker position group.
0: But, but you that's, not that's not enough. That's not enough to stop, though, right? Can you say things to the answer you could. part of the line? Yeah. You
1: could, yeah. You absolutely could. At least there's, I guess, more opportunity there. But in theory. Because a lot of those guys, too, are getting
0: paid as well, which is different. Right Right now at inside linebacker, it's just Miles Jack, who's really getting paid. Devin, obviously, is in the the final year of his contract. But it still doesn't – I don't feel like it's the same money committed to him in that room as it is to that interior part right now where you're looking at, like you said, man, James Daniels, Mason Cole, they both got paid nicely to come here. If you're taking Zion in the first round, you know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So those are three – High quality, high pedigree in terms of compensation, mm-hmm. guys in that room, and that doesn't even account for Dotson or Kendrick Green, who you spent the third round pick on a year ago.
1: Yeah, no, you're it's right. Crowded, crowded. Both like, positions are crowded. In, either, in <laughs> either scenario, you're not addressing your most pertinent points of need. Mm-hmm. But man, you're you're taking groups and throwing that final piece in there that might be the that proverbial. You know the 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 tide rises all ships type thing, right. right? Where if you just get one more guy in there, it might bring out the best in everyone.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, man. Without that's gonna be interesting though, man. Like I guess I was very surprised by that selection, especially seeing the other names that were on the board.
1: Yeah, I, I I know that's that's the thing. I if some of those other names are on the board, like if this scenario were to play out, there would be a lot of I think uh, cantankerous. Steelers fans out mm, there? That's a fair there. way to put it out is there. That, is, that, is that all
0: right? Is People that might be a little perturbed with the selection. I could definitely understand that without a doubt. Now, in the second round, they went with Fadarian Mathis, interior D lineman out of Alabama. Now, I'm not going to lie. I happen to like this player a lot. I mean, the size, 6'4", 3'10", positional flexibility. He's a true nose or zero technique, but he can bump out to play the five technique, which is with Cam and Tuit play in our base defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then you can also keep him on the field on third down because this past season, the pass rush productivity was there in a major way. And when you watch him, he's so fundamentally sound. I mean, pad level, hand placement, active, violent hands, feet always moving. I really was impressed watching him play. Yeah. And that was with him being on a very stacked and talented Alabama D-line. But to me, this dude is a really legitimate talent right here, and I do like this pick in the second round, man. Obviously, you know, not even with the uncertainty surrounding to it, but just with the age of Tyson and knowing that, yeah, two, it is getting older. I th- I feel like Fedarian can come in and be your nose right away. I think that he can, you can keep him on third down, or he can develop even more so into that role as well. But I think that this is a dude, man, that could really help the team out in a major way and for years to come.
1: Yeah, I love this pick at fifty-two. At 20, I like Zion Johnson, maybe a little too rich for my blood. You know, again, maybe I, I'd, I'd be more inclined to go Devin Lloyd, Chris Olave there at that selection. But here with Mathis, I love it. You and I have talked about this a little bit. You know, he is a guy that I think fits what the Steelers do and what the Steelers need. And what I mean by that is it's, it's maybe same church, different pew as the conversation we've had with Jordan Davis, where the – you know, the pass rush numbers don't jump off the screen at you. Now, his pass rush numbers were much better his senior season than they were for the rest of his career. So maybe he started to scratch that surface and find something there. But I don't care as much about that because, again, I feel like I've repeated this at nauseum every time we talk about Jordan Davis and, oh, man, are you concerned that he's only a two-down player? The Steelers are going to be able to get after the quarterback just fine. Five straight years of leading the National Football League in sacks, what they need is help against the run. And I don't think you can deny that anymore of where the run defense has been, particularly this past season, dead last in the National Football League. I mean, this is a guy who's 6'4", over 300 pounds. He is that proverbial run stuffer right in the middle mm-hmm. of your defensive line. And I think that that is something that this defense desperately needs. alo has been that at times. Hargrave was that at times. But this, you know... Mathis could be your, you know, your Casey Hampton type that that is that is there in that role and solidifies the center of that defensive line for a decade. Now I know Casey Hampton had nothing in terms of size on Mathis, Man. but but you get you get what I'm saying just in terms of of the of what I think that his his role could be what he could mean to that defense. Um, I I love that at 52 because I, I think early on in the draft. Um, Preferably with one of your first two selections, one or two. You need one of these interior defensive linemen because there's some good. There's four or five good ones in this class, and I I think you need one of those guys who's able to come in and who's able to help against the run right away. And as you mentioned, even if Aluwalu and Tuit are back and completely healthy and playing 17 games this season, you know Tuit isn't a spring chicken anymore. Aluwalu's, I think, I believe, 34 years old. Cam Hayward's getting up there as well too. You you need some some youth infused into that defensive line group as well. So I think this one, you know, would check a lot of boxes for the Steelers in that regard.
0: No, it definitely would. But all I want to do is caution you, man. Okay, caution I know his numbers weren't the best in terms of his pass rush, but you cut this tape on, yeah. This dude can get after the quarterback. I love it even more. And I like the fact, like I said, man, he's not just a bull rush guy. Like Jordan Davis, like obviously, is a lot taller probably 30, 40 pounds on him. Yeah. But Jordan doesn't give you any lateral ability in terms of his pass rush. He is a strict bull rusher. He wins with size and when he starts to play too high at times, he loses that advantage. Whereas when you look at Fadarian, Fadarian has the athletic ability to be a looper. He has the ability to, like I said, be out there in that five technique and play a little bit more. Not in space per se, but he doesn't have to be in between the guards to be impactful. Right. He doesn't have to be a north and south rusher to be impactful. And it just just frees up guys like High Smith and TJ because right now the only knock when I think of Jordan Davis is if he's to TJ's side on a pass rush or Alex's side on a pass rush, you know, whatever game is coming, he has to be the first guy. Because he doesn't give you anything in the sense of looping around. He's not gonna line up on a guard and be able to loop outside or anything like that. So (laughs) it it, it predicts it, it kind of tips his hand. Whereas with Federian, he is athletic enough that he can give you that. So even though he's not necessarily getting the sacks, he generates pressure and pushes that pocket to an extent that it will help out the outside guys. And guys like Will Anderson and um, I'm drawing a blank on their other outside linebacker, that was really, or DN type, that was really how those yeah, two guys were a yeah. lot more productive because of that push that was happening on the interior.
1: Well, good. There you go from the keen, uh, keen football eye of Arthur Motes. Man, you know, I tried now to do I, a
0: little som-som, a little shine, sham. Now I
1: like it even more, oh, cousin.
0: Christopher Allen, that was the other guy's Brown. name. Yep. All right. Now in the third round. And we we'll get this one before we go to break and everything like that. But I was definitely liking this as well. But it was interesting. Third round, he goes Daniel Falele, the uh, right tackle mm-hmm. out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we just signed Chooks, and I was wondering. Okay, let me hear this. Let me hear the the thought process behind it. So here's what Jordan said. He says the Steelers should continue their offensive line overhaul, and the six foot eight, three hundred and eighty four pound. Let me say it again, six foot eight, 384 pounds. That's like me and Wes times another. Phil could compete at right tackle after some time adjusting to the NFL. With Dan Moore Jr. and newly re signed Chuuk Socorro for manning the tackle spots, he could be brought along slowly as a development option. Hearing that mindset, hearing that be the, the thought process, I definitely like this a lot more than when I initially saw it because at first I'm looking at it, I'm like, He's a mountain of a man. He kind of reminds me of Zach Banner, in all honesty, with his just uh, frame. But then I'm like, why would you bring him in when you just extended Chooks to this long-term deal? Right. But knowing that he's taking the approach of get a high-end guy, so that way you, number one, got depth. But you also have a guy that you're going to be developing in the wings as well. To me, I do like that a lot more than, like I said, when I initially thought of this pick at first at face value.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I would like Daniel Falele here. Um, I really liked what he was able to do at Minnesota. He just absolutely dominated my Mountaineers in the bowl game. So maybe <laughs> maybe I got two uh, two
0: of an up close look at him. I mean, it's a mountain of a dude. Like, I was surprised at how big. Like, I'm watching him on He's tape, huge. and I'm like, I'm like, yo, the guy he- looks big. But then I'm I'm like, yo, this dude is a monster. When we played them
1: them in that bowl game, Arthur Motz, they showed a stat on Minnesota's first drive of the game. Their average offensive lineman weight was higher than the average offensive lineman weight of the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, my goodness. And I looked to my wife and I said, yeah, we're losing this game. (laughs) I said, we ain't going to be able to stop the run. Like, we have one of these finesse Big 12-type defenses. We ain't going to be able to stop. These guys are bigger than the Vikings. They're just going to run, you know, I formation four yards and a cloud of dust on us the entire game. Um, We – you you need another, I think, tackle into that. I mean, you want to talk about competition and guys not being comfortable and all that, I think that that maybe even applies uh, even more so at the tackle position. You know, Zach Banner's gone. Chook's got the deal. Dan Moore started – just about every single game as a rookie last yeah. year. You you don't want Dan Moore and Chooks walking into training camp, not looking around at I all. I
0: have arrived. Exactly. We have arrived. And
1: Philele would provide quality depth. He would he would certainly be a guy who you know could potentially in a few years be the guy. Um, I think this is another one that that makes a lot of sense. You know, that's it, it is funny how. We haven't talked as much offensive line since the Steelers spent some money there, mm-hmm. but I, I do. I think you still need another tackle in that mix as well, too. As someone who you're not expecting to start day one, yeah. but someone who you, know, you also think that you can rely on in a pinch.
0: Well, and I also don't want you to forget that even with the free agent signings that the Steelers made, Kevin Colbert— And Mike Tomlin, if I remember correctly, were very clear and adamant that just because we signed somebody in free agency does not mean that we will not address that position in the draft. And that has been their message since Mitch Trubisky, since James Daniels, Mason Cole, Miles Jack. They said Mm -hmm. all of these positions are still very much on the table. and. With that being the case, I do think that you know we're in a good position right now because yes, we do have areas where we want to upgrade, but at the same time, we don't necessarily feel like we have to draft X position because we don't have this player there. Correct, and that's outside, where that's where right. we want to be. And I said literally outside of strong safety, which is a still a work in progress because we're all waiting to see how this honey badger, you know, domino falls. Outside of that position, we really do not have an area where we're just looking and saying. Man, what are we going to do here? Right. That's a glaring hole. We don't right. have that right now. And,
1: and, and again, that's that's kind of always been the Kev- Kevin Colbert uh, MO is um, don't take anything off the board, but don't have yourself pigeonholed as well, too, into having to take certain positions. And the Steelers have been there at certain times in the past. Sometimes you can't avoid it. You know, the, the Artie Burns example comes mm-hmm. to mind for everybody. But I think more times than not, um, they, they do a good job of, you know, signing the Mark Barron, yeah, but still being able to go up and get the Devin Bush if if you want to,
0: yeah, without a doubt, man, without a doubt. So those are the Steelers' first three picks um, in this mock draft by ESPN analyst uh, Jordan Reed. Uh, Number one, at 20th overall, he went with Zion Johnson, the guard out of Boston College. Second round, he went with Fadarian Mathis, the interior D lineman from Bama. And then in the third round, he went with the monster mammoth of a right tackle, Daniel Falele out of Minnesota. So let us know your thoughts on those first three picks. We will continue discussing this mock draft when we get back from our break. But the next person you're going to hear from when we come back oh is that dude, my former teammate, Terrence Garvin, the West Virginia Mountaineer hey. alum. And we're going to talk to him about plenty of this stuff, along with some of these quarterbacks visiting. And with that being said, it's Arthur most and Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio.